When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Friday, June 12th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Paul, the uh, Indians were back at work in the draft room, or the virtual draft room, last night. Uh, Thursday night, they took four, they, they made four picks in the draft, and by all accounts from uh, the folks over at Major League Baseball Network, uh, they dominated the, the second night of the, of the draft. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of folks over there uh, thought they did really well on the second night. Yeah, Daniel Dowd was very impressed. Said uh, the Indians won game t- day two of the draft. So I don't know if, how much that gets you or what what that means. But uh, you know, uh, Dowd knows usually knows what he's talking about. He's a pretty good uh, a talent evaluator. So that was encouraging to hear. Yeah, and uh, they made four picks, and we had a chance to talk to uh, amateur scouting director Scott Barnsby uh, immediately after the the. the the draft wrapped up and here's what Scott Barnsby had to say to the media about the four picks made on Thursday night for the Cleveland Indians. So we were in the zoom room uh, for the draft room. And then we had a, the rest of the organization um, in a room where they were obviously waiting there to help with anything that we needed. And uh, after each pick, we would jump over and, and obviously share the highlights after the final draft pick, um, there was clear excitement. Um, there was uh, appreciation for what everybody uh, did. Obviously, unique circumstances throughout the year. But how everybody came together and how we were able to accomplish what we did uh, is certainly uh, something that I know we all take a lot of pride in. So it was a great feeling. Uh, I can't say enough about the work of not just all the scouts, but our player development staff. And with the unique situation, we had so many people involved this year. Uh, we felt like we were organized and prepared the whole way through, uh, and that's what mattered. And, and we're really excited about the guys that we signed. Uh, so I'll take a minute and walk through them, uh, if that's okay with you guys. Uh, start with Logan Allen. So for Logan, uh, he was our second-round pick, and we have enjoyed watching him over the last few years. He was uh, a prospect out of high school. He was drafted out of high school, didn't sign, ended up going to uh, Florida International. Uh, the highlights here is he's left-handed, he throws strikes, and he misses a ton of bats, uh, which is a great starting point. Uh, we see him as a quality starter. Uh, it's an average fastball that plays up. He's got an advanced feel for his changeup. Uh, it's effective against righties and lefties. 
Uh, he's got an effective breaking ball. Logan competes. He has no fear of attacking the zone, and he's a really good athlete too. Uh, he was also a two-way player at FIU. Uh, so that's a quick highlight on, on Logan. Next, we selected Petey Halpin, and Halpin is an extremely athletic uh, left-handed hitting center fielder from Maricosta High School in California. Petey's got the speed, the athleticism, uh, and certainly the instincts and plenty of arm strength to stay in center field. Offensively, it's, it's just an advanced feel for the barrel. Uh, he continues to develop uh, physically, so we feel like there's going to be some power there down the road. Uh, he's an extreme competitor, plays with energy, and uh, he's really just fearless on the field. Uh, so another guy that we're really excited to add. And then Milan Tolentino, uh, he's a starting shortstop for Team USA this summer. Um, really uh, just a, an impressive all-around player. Um, he's got instincts. He's got well above average feel for the game. It's a left-handed bat, really consistent approach at the plate. Uh, not only does he recognize pitches, but he just got a really impressive ability to put the bat on the ball, um, uses the whole field, starting to show some more power. Defensively, just really fundamentally sound, sure-handed defender, uh, just an outstanding internal clock, a lot, of, a lot of fun to watch him out on the field. Uh, and a couple more quick highlights on Milan. We are certainly familiar with him. His brother, Patrick, actually played in our system, uh, and he's got a great support system at home as well. Uh, impressive bloodlines. His dad played professional baseball, uh, and his dad's currently the Spanish broadcaster for the Angels. And then, uh, as if we weren't as excited enough working through rounds two, three, and four, we got to the fifth round, and we were able to select Mason Hickman, the Friday night starter at Vanderbilt, which, as you guys know, is, is an incredible program. Uh, above average feel for the mound. Uh, this guy is 6'5", 220 pounds. He can really pitch with his fastball above average feel for the curveball. It's an effective slider, uh, feel for the changeup, and similar to Logan Allen, he absolutely pounds his strikes in them. So four guys that we're really excited to get. I'm happy to elaborate more, but uh, those are the highlights from the day. All right, that was Scott Barnsby, the Indians amateur scouting director, and uh, he uh, has to feel pretty good about himself. It sounds like they they stuck to their plan, got the guys they, they wanted and, and had targeted, and and, and really, let's just uh, just plow through some of these names on, on the second day. They started off with uh, – I, I, I tell you, when it popped up on my phone and the, uh, the, the alert came through and said that the Indians had drafted Logan Allen, I knew there was a left-handed pitcher named Logan Allen out there in the, in the pool for the, uh, available. And I'm thinking, oh, there's no way that they're going to take this guy. There's just, just no way. But apparently, Florida International uh, uh, left-handed pitcher – Logan Allen now joins the Indians organization, making it uh, two Logan Allens uh, in the in in the farm system for the Indians. Yeah, if they both make the big league staff at the same time, they're going to drive me crazy. I'll have I'll never get them right. I, I, there has to be a, a, a middle name <laughs> separator or a, or a difference, but uh, from from what we saw and from what Barnsby had to say about these guys, apparently this this is a kid. Who uh, you know he doesn't doesn't necessarily blow you away with his speed, but he can uh, he can manipulate a, a, a breaking ball and has a, a developing changeup that's that's pretty good. So this is a, a kid who you know could be up with the uh, the club at some point in the next three four years. Yeah, I think he's on a fast track uh, 
uh, uh, Joe. I, I was reading a story about him in the uh, Miami Herald, and uh, their pitching coach said he could start at Double A right now just because because of his control. He, he works at both sides of the plate. He's a strike thrower. Uh, he's not afraid to throw inside. Um, sounds like a kind of a typical lefty, you know, about six foot lefty, six six one. Um, you know, not overpowering, but those guys can pitch forever. And uh, you know, he's and he's you know he's had his his numbers at at uh, in college were were good. I mean, he you know big strikeout guy, lots of strikeouts, and uh, he he's you know he he was a starter and he was a starter in uh, at, in in college and. It sounds like they want to keep him as a starter. I, I when they drafted him, I was thinking maybe maybe this guy's a reliever, but well, they they don't have a left-handed starter, so maybe this will help them. No, well, they've got two in the pipeline, sort of ahead of him, in uh, in Scott Moss and and Logan Allen the first, I guess. We can, <laughs> That's we right. Can go. Logan Logan Allen Prime. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be funny, but uh, those two guys are, are definitely ahead of him on the you know, in the, in the farm system, we will, we'll probably see one, if not both of them at some point this season, but yeah, it's, it should be interesting to see if Logan Allen remains a starter and moving, moving forward. They, they, they don't, you're right. They don't have a a lefty reliever uh, really in the, in the pipeline right now, or who's anywhere near close. So uh, yeah, it could, could be interesting. Uh, Then they moved on in the, uh, third round, they took Petey Halpin, uh, Pete, Peter, Petey, I don't know, Peter Parker. What, what are we going to, we're, we're, we're going with Petey, Petey Halpin. That's a, that decent baseball name, I guess. Uh, it sounds uh, like a California, a West coast. Yeah. California. West coast kid, huh? Uh, Mira, Mira Costa high school in California. He was a center fielder, uh, very athletic. I guess this kid's got a cannon for an arm too. Uh, he, he, in pitching, he, he can throw about 92. So you know, very athletic uh, defensively. They, they, they like his, his wheels and his, his arm in center field, but this is a, a left-handed bat and looks like, you know, looks like he's got a little bit of a uh, little bit of swagger at the plate as well from the videos that I was seeing. Yeah. It's just going to be interesting uh, sign, Joe. He's committed to uh, university of Texas. Um, you know, his slot value is like six, six, 600 grand right around in there. And I'm wondering if, uh, Maybe uh, you know they'll they'll move some money around and try to give him a little more um, to get him to sign because he's a high school senior. You know he's got that leverage to to go to college and yeah. uh, and it sounded like they really liked him. You know and uh, and Barnsby felt he could stay in center field. You know had the athletic ability and 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 uh, the instincts to stay there. And he's going to get bigger. It sounds like and stronger as well. Yeah, that that was the other thing. You know. It, Profiles maybe like uh, uh, maybe a, a Lonnie Chisenhall type size wise is was what I'm thinking. You know, in in terms of physical uh, appearance with that left handed bat, uh, and he appeared, I guess, in the the MLB All Star game, the high school All Star game last summer at Progressive Field. Uh, actually, uh, three, if not if not all of the, I believe all of the high school kids that the Indians drafted. Uh, in this this draft, out of the they they took three high school players out of their six picks, and all three of them appeared in that game uh, and and had experience and were in Progressive Field as high school players last summer. So uh, Petey Halpin was a center fielder. He's 
not completely unfamiliar with the uh, the progressive field outfield at, at this point. Yeah, and, you know, we'll see how – I mean, it takes a while. You know, obviously in these unsettled times, where where do these guys go? And so this is kind of you, – you, you sign them, but where do you send them? So that's going to, you know, kind of probably delay their development. And this kid's got some speed too, I guess. He, what, I, he went to one of those uh, camps or, you know, uh, uh, perfect games type scenarios, mm-hmm. went six for six in stolen bases. So, he, you know, he's uh, – he sounds like kind of a little bit of a free spirit, you know, so <laughs> – when I heard him on the interview, uh, on an interview, so. Um, well, it, it, they could put his they could put his locker next to Clevenger's and he'd be fine, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and that that's great. I I think, like you said, it, it, there's going to be a delay in the development for all these kids. So, so yeah, you know, take their time with them if they can if they can sign them, get him in, and and get him going. Hopefully next summer when when he can make his pro debut. Uh, yeah, and I would think you know if you t- if you only have a five five round draft, you take six guys. If your scouts have been doing you know the, the stuff they're supposed to do, you know who's going to sign and who wants to sign. Right. And uh, you're not going to waste a pick in in this draft if there's a signability question. Well, then uh, you know in in true Cleveland Indians fashion, I guess uh, has has been the case uh, with the third round selection they chose My- uh, Mylon Tolentino. Uh, a shortstop from uh, uh, where's he? The, um, he's, uh, he is he's a California kid. Yeah, I, I another uh, yeah. Uh, and his dad is the Spanish broadcaster for the uh, the Angels and had a had a pro career. But this kid, I guess, is as smooth as they come defensively. He was the the second second best high school defender in the in the draft pool, uh, according to some evaluators. Yeah, you know, left-handed hitter. Um, uh, he's starting shortstop for Team USA this summer. Um, you know, he's got a lot of experience. Uh, his brother, I think Patrick, played in the Indians minor league system. His dad played pro ball. Uh, made it to the uh, big leagues for a year with, the, the, I believe, the Astros. So, you know, he's got the good bloodlines. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, <laughs> I, I wonder why they keep collecting these shortstops. Maybe, it, you know, it's just uh, – is it just somebody's got, a, like, a fascination for shortstops? Well, or is he going to move somewhere? I, you know, is he going to move to another position? I, I don't know. But, you know, with, in listening to Barnsby, it sounded like this draft, like unlike a lot of drafts, kind of fell their way, you know, fell it, – it unfolded the way they uh, thought it would unfold. So, you know, he had to be on their radar. And yeah, like you said, that the problem is where do they put all these shortstops when they they finally do have a minor league season? You've only got you've got two Arizona rookie league teams, so there's two shortstop spots there. Yeah. You've got low A and high A, uh, you know, in Lynchburg and and Mahoning Valley, and then you've got uh, Lake County, Akron, and Columbus. There's limited number of shortstop uh, spots for basically an overwhelming number of shortstops in your, your, your program. But again, if this is a kid that they looked at, he's, uh, he's, he's what, uh, you know, six one ish and can, can really move and play the way that they, they like his idol, I guess, is Francisco Lindor. He, he said this in an interview on, on MLB network and he, he likes the way that uh, Lindor plays the game with a smile on his face, and and if that's uh, those are qualities that you're going to get in this kid, who really 
you know, should know the game from being around his dad, who's a broadcaster. Uh, I got to imagine he's a, a kid that they thought very highly of to have taken a pick. Like you said, they, they took two high school shortstops in this draft. And that position is already, you know, full up in this, in their, 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 uh, their farm system. So they, they had to have thought highly of both kids to, to take yeah. it. Right. And, and like, um, you know, like Carson Tucker, he's, he's committed to a, a, a college, I think, uh, UCLA, UCLA. So, uh, we'll see how that unfolds. But, uh, if your dad played pro ball, you probably, I don't know where, how, what take he has, but you know, how he approaches this, but you know, you got to, I think if you, if you want to play, you got to find you and you get a chance to find out if you can play, you probably take that, you know, right. and you could go back to school. They're going to pay you for school anyways uh, with uh, you know, the signing bonus. So that, you know, that school is in, in the background, but you know, and sometimes, you know, sometimes it, it helps a player to go to college and uh, we'll see how that works. But I would imagine this kid is ready to play. And the Indians uh, finished off their uh, draft with their sixth pick in the, in the draft in, in, in the fifth round on Thursday night. And they got a guy who I, I'm shocked that Mason Hickman was, was there in the fifth round. This is the Vanderbilt Friday night guy. This is the guy who pitched them to the College World Series championship last year. And he's still there on the, on the fifth day or the, in, in the fifth round of the draft. Six foot five, 220 pounds. And uh, Jensen Lewis had to be turning cartwheels when he heard this pick. Yeah, and uh, everybody liked this pick. I mean, the guys on TV, O'Dowd, love this guy and uh, doesn't throw real hard, um, works at the top of the strike zone. Um, and that, you know, gives, gives – he has good deception. Um, and it, it, the fact that he does throw, throw up in the strike zone, kind of with the deception, gives him a couple more – miles an hour he throw I think he's you know 89 to 92 something like that uh good breaking ball and uh and he wins you know I, I think he's what was 19 and 2 or something at Vanderbilt in his three years there he was 2 and 0 or 3 and 0 this year before the season got banged so um you know interesting pick and another college pitcher that should be on the fast track like Logan Allen and should be maybe able to help them in in two or three years. I saw a, a video from Rob Friedman, the uh, the pitching ninja, whose whose videos are are all over uh, Twitter, and he likes to, you know, sort of highlight some of these pitching performances. And it was just uh, Mason Hickman curveballs. It was just a it was from earlier in the year before the season got got canceled, and he was just dealing curveball after curveball. And I guess that's this guy's pitch is is his curve. Uh, he has a slider, but he's and he's sort of developing a feel for his changeup. But really, the the curveball is the the calling card. Is this a is this a guy who I, you know they, they say stays a starter right now? But who knows? At, at six foot five, if he can find maybe a couple more miles an hour, uh, and and really you know dominate with that uh, that leverage that he can create with that height, maybe he he moves to the bullpen and, and becomes a guy who's you know if he's fastball curveball can can be effective that way yeah I mean I think he's, he's pretty versatile he's I think he started at Vanderbilt and uh but yeah I mean you, you never know exactly where how you get to the big leagues you know what where what where the opening is and uh right. and uh, if you can handle it so it'll be interesting to watch these guys and uh, Gen 
Jensen's going to be unbearable to see talk to about this kid, isn't he? Isn't it? He's going to he's going to be beaming from ear to ear because the Indians drafted. He's the Mason Hickman is the first Indians draft choice from Vanderbilt since uh, the first uh, I think in the first five rounds since Jensen in like two thousand. Oh yeah, oh God. yeah. I, he that's that's it. I, who? Oh man, it's just going to be. This, this would be this, this would be the equivalent of how I'd react if the Indians drafted an Ignatius kid, and 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 I got to interview him. That that would be it. You know, I'd react the same way. But uh, yeah, so so there you go. There's the Indians draft. Uh, normally, we wouldn't be doing this much coverage and be going this in depth on an Indians draft uh, at this point in a season. But right now, that's all we really have to talk about, huh? That's right. And uh, hey, it, it's. You know, for once, you know, the draft is like the thing. We've talked about this before. It's always kind of an afterthought during the season, something you rush through and you don't, really don't get enough time to uh, really kind of delve into it. So, you know, hopefully uh, the people that listen to the podcast have appreciated this and the people that, you know, read on Cleveland.com have appreciated what we've done. You know, well, and and if you're following on uh, on on subtext as well, Holmes is doing a, a great job of, of putting out information on all these guys on subtext. But yeah, like you said, back uh, back before the world changed with coronavirus, the, baseball had made plans to sort of try and boost this draft and, and change things up. They were going to hold it at Omaha. They were going to move the the College World Series dates to align with the draft and and really sort of do it up more along the lines of. Uh, you know, what the NFL and what the, the NBA have sort of captured with their draft days. I don't think anybody's going to do the draft as, as well or as, as much of a production as the NFL does. But, you know, there's there's potential there for more maybe in years to come if, if we get back to a more normal sort of routine with baseball. But, but who knows? Uh, this year was definitely a, a missed opportunity, a missed chance with, with everything that happened and, and with having to reduce the draft. Uh, what yeah. Joe, Go. there was a time when they held the draft, they wouldn't even announce who they, who they drafted, you know, <laughs> after the first round or something like that. Cause they didn't want the college coaches going in and signing these guys before they could sign them. I remember that like when I first started covering baseball and now, you know, but, and they missed the boat, you know, baseball is the only, the only, sport that holds their draft during their season mm -hmm. you know so it's it's tough to uh you know really highlight it but uh they had great plans this year and i think they're you're, they're moving like you said toward you know really making this a uh you know a headline event yeah and there was there was also a time when the draft was 100 rounds and they would go until everybody just said okay that's exactly. enough they we were drafting their nephews and their second yeah. cousins and <laughs> didn't the team draft a dog one year or something like it was something really <laughs> ridiculous so so yeah, it again. There's a, a lot that can be changed and, and made different, and I think uh, baseball is, is is trying to make that progress. Uh, as far as locally, though, I wanted to mention a couple of names uh, that did go in the draft. I think uh, the 113th overall pick, uh, Mac Wainwright, out of St. Edward High School, a uh, kid who had some some injury issues, but the the Cincinnati Reds saw fit to to pick Mac Wainwright. And, and give him a shot. He's an outfielder, six foot one. And I guess this kid uh, has a lot of power potential. And so he's going to, going to join the Reds and, and hopefully develop for them. Yeah. He had had a stress fracture 
uh, in his leg uh, that kind of kept him in a walking boot for about 12, 12 weeks. So he, uh, you know, uh, he missed a lot of time. But the Reds, he's, he's been working with the Reds closely. I think he played for one. I don't know if he played for an amateur team that the Reds were following or, but, you know, he's got some real good connections there and they liked him and uh, they took him. Yeah. And he's a, uh, he's a native of Aurora and attends uh, St. Edward's. So uh, congratulations to Matt Wainwright on, on being selected. And also a Northeast Ohio guy, uh, Dylan Dingler, who was the catcher at Ohio state out of Maslin Jackson high school, won a state championship, I believe over Strongsville a few years back uh, with the polar bears. And now he is headed to Detroit. He was actually, the, the first pick of the second day by the Tigers, uh, number 38 overall, and he's going to go to Detroit, uh, Detroit. So these are both guys, Mac Wainwright and Dylan Dingler, who the Indians could see, you know, years from now uh, down the line. These guys could develop into to guys that potentially the Indians would be facing uh, on, on a regular basis. Definitely. You know, they, they like Dingler. A couple mock drafts had the Indians taken Dingler. Uh, so uh, with their first pick. Uh, you know, that didn't unfold that way, but, uh, you know, he's a big kid and, you know, and, the, you know, I would think the, uh, path, you know, the path is wide open in Detroit. He's, he's in the right <laughs> organization to, to make a move. You know, you, they said it, you want to get to the fastest path to the big leagues is catching. So, uh, you know, he's, he's on, he, he's got a, he's in a good, he's got a good opportunity there. All right. Uh, I wanted to, to mention the, uh, the, this day in tribe history post today, uh, Paul, uh, pretty significant. You were you were there and and, and present and sort of uh, a part of that uh, historic Indian streak of uh, home sellouts at the at the ballpark. Uh, it started as Jacobs Field and is now Progressive Field. Uh, just what uh, what do you recall about that streak and and about the just that that time and that period in in Indians history and covering the team throughout that historic streak that was eventually snapped by, uh, by the Red Sox. Yeah, Joe, I remember that it was like the ballpark was so was brand new and it, there was just a, a vibe about the, uh, the ballpark, you know, after leaving, you know, Cleveland municipal stadium, you know, how it, you know, it, you know, I guess people in Cleveland loved it, but you know, it, it, it was, it was a pit. You know, I mean, it was it, people really didn't know that was when they built Jacobs Field. It was just around what, the time when all the retro ballparks were were being built, and people had, had didn't, weren't realized didn't realize what they'd been missing. And so they, when they when they built Jacobs Field and they put that good team in it, it was like walking into Disneyland every every day. And, you know, I was amazed. You walk to you know you'd walk in there and you walk around. The stands. Everybody was wearing tribe gear. It was like, it was like a, a totally tr total transformation. And and what you know, and what helped it was they had a great team as well. And 455 straight uh, sellouts. Um, I remember talking to and yeah, and it was like the perfect storm too. You know, the Browns are gone. Would were moving right mm -hmm. after the '95 season. Right. LeBron LeBron hadn't got to the Cavs yet. And, uh, you know, they were, they were the only team in town and, and they took advantage of it and they ran with it. And, you know, what, six, six straight division, division titles, two trips to the world series. 
Hall of Fame players, a lineup of all-star players, position-wise, you know, and it was just the perfect marriage. Yeah, you, you talk about how walking into the ballpark uh, back then, it was like Disneyland. For some of us, it's still like Disneyland when you walk into there because we, right. we, get, we get excited to, to, to do our job. I hope we get a chance to go to Disneyland this year. I hope we get a chance to, to, to sit in the press box and, and cover games and not have to do it uh, through Zoom calls. Uh, you, you really do get an appreciation for what you're missing uh, with the chance to go to the ballpark. But, uh, you know, just, just having grown up and, you know, being about 18, uh, 19 when, when that ballpark opened, in in Cleveland and being able to to go to games and being able to sit in the bleachers for I think the the first time I sat in the bleachers it was for like eight bucks was it was a ticket you know and that was just great we would go and and, and sit in the bleachers there and and be part of that that sellout streak it was it was awesome and and it was a a great time in in Cleveland history to to sort of be a part of it uh yeah and and just a a real nice memory to you know the the start of that streak is very important very significant for this franchise all right, well, that, uh, that gets us through another week of no baseball, baseball coverage and uh, the, the draft. And, uh, God, this is, something's got to shake loose over the weekend, Paul. It's, it, it, it's going to figure that I'll, uh, I'll be on the beach next week in Virginia, and that's when the phone will, will go off with the alerts that say that they've come to an agreement and we, we've got to see. Just, just bury your phone in the sand. Um, I'm throwing <laughs> in the ocean if I see uh, – if I see that's the case, because uh, I'll be on furlough. I won't be able to work, so it doesn't even matter. So, all right. uh, Enjoy the upcoming week. Enjoy uh, everything else. And and we'll, uh, we'll catch you again uh, next week. Uh, Paul will, will join you hopefully with some, some special guests on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast. All right, Joe. Thanks. 